ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rewind Wrestling Network, where I, your host, Ted, will be with my co-hosts, the New Mouth of the South, Tyler Peters, and the Brazilian destroyer, Vinicius, as we talk all things professional wrestling happening in the professional wrestling world, the indies, the pros, everywhere you go. Let's get right into Rewind Wrestling Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Rewind Wrestling Network, and you are here on Rewind Wrestling Radio. I'm your host, Ted. I mean, Nelio. I mean, Vinicius. I mean, Ted. And uh, I had to look twice as good as V last week. You know, he's coming at my throat a little bit with the collared shirt and the jacket and the fluffed hair. And, you know, so I'm, I'm here doing my thing this week. I am back with you. I'm sorry that you had to put up with all of Nelio's nonsense last week, guys. It, uh, it, it you know, I, I know that he was t- telling you guys that I was in federal prison, that I was, I had 40,000 Biden votes in my basement. Really, the truth is, Nelio sent me this box in the mail, and I opened it. And when I opened it, I had to call the feds immediately. And that's why he's not here tonight, because they're questioning his behind now. All right, so that's where, that's where he's at. He is not going to be around tonight. Uh, but I have my usual suspects here with me other than him. So starting in the top left-hand corner of your screen, you have the new mouth of the South, Tyler Peters. He is uh, the longest reigning member of the show at this point. He was back with Jolt and Joe all the way back in the day. Uh, to my right, you see Ref Amy, senior official from CCW in Florida. Uh, right underneath Amy and in between Amy and I, you have Angela Ivy, the temptress witch from ACPW and other promotions yet to be announced. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And then we have our special guest of the evening returning to the show, friend of the show, founder of the Safe Wrestling Collective. That is Miss Emily May Heller. Emily May, welcome back. We're so happy to have you with us tonight. Thank you. I'm glad to be back with some uh, new faces here. I yeah, get to, yeah. Get to have fantastic. fun with. Well, it's you know awesome. what? Uh, after our after our last chat, I really took it to heart. You know everything we were saying about equality and and everything that was going to, through with the Safe Wrestling Collective. I really did, and uh, and so one of my big things when Nelly and Nelio and I took over the show was we need we need some female perspective on the show and so we brought in amy we actually kind of bait and switched uh amy and ivy we were like yeah if you guys come on like once a month we'll rotate you guys in and out and then we'll rotate in with guests and then like two weeks ago we're like listen you're just gonna be on the show every week now so just clear out your thursdays you're just you're just here now you're part of the fam we love you okay cool, see that's stay. what happens you do it once and then you just keep showing up and then you're stuck yep, mm-hmm. yep. that's exactly Absolutely. it and uh, and just so you know, I think I think that you may be muted because your your volume is not coming through the way it normally does. So just take a look at that. All right. So for yeah, we can hear you now. Perfect. Thank you. So um, Emily May, you have been doing some exciting things in the uh, the wrestling world since the last time we talked. Uh, why don't you kind of bring us up to speed without giving away too much? Because Tyler has a million and one questions like usual. So oh my goodness. <laughs> I mean, where should I start? Well, first of all, t- tell us how the Safe Wrestling Collective is going, because that was the last time you were here is when that kind of was in its infancy. Yeah, so um, we're like, you know, it's a slow process. So like we, we you know, we founded, oh my God, I, it's, what is it? No, did, oh, I was like, it's November. No, it's December. Yes. Uh, <laughs> see, you lose track of months. That's right. Um, <laughs> you know, so, you know, we're, we've been getting our representatives together. That was like a big goal of ours was to have like regional representatives across the United States. 
Um, we've had a lot of success in the international market, which is super exciting. And we've had a lot of phone calls and conversations um, with like the Philippines and with Australia and a bunch of markets that are that need need help or need guidance or at least want to see what we're doing and we're you know we're in the process probably in the beginning of the year i'm hoping we can make some big announcements with some companies that we're involved in there's going to be a lot of um kind of we're in this transition transitional period where so i'm in los angeles there's not shows happening here but there are other shows happening across the country so and we're in the middle of a pandemic so like right now we're in like the mobilization phase mm -hmm. where we're getting all of our ducks in a row we're trying to get all the reps um trained and understand what our collective goal is and just getting as much of all those things together so that in 2021 when we have shows and like things start opening again you know Yes, cross fingers, <laughs> and yes, <laughs> that we can all be ready to like make these changes. Um, you know, we have some some reps that are doing some amazing, amazing things. They're getting um, like assault training done. They're getting all of this sensitivity training done, and they're doing that as like they're doing that so that they could better serve us and they could better serve the community because our goal is to make sure that all of these resources are available for free. So mm -hmm. we're doing it as more of like an organization, kind of an association format so that we um, can build the structure that's needed. And, you know, we have HR representatives, we have a mental health professionals on board that are helping and, you know, it's completely uh, confidential and completely free to use those services. And so that's one thing that we've talked to a lot of companies where, the, where when you hire an HR company, it can be very pricey. And a lot of these independent companies don't have the monthly revenue, especially right now, to do that. So right now we're using all of our legal resources and HR resources to just build the structure. And we have lots of documents drafted and they've been reviewed by a bunch of people and we you know we we're slowly working with companies to implement them so that's like the high level where we're at <laughs> that's awesome that's awesome and for yeah. and for any new listeners that we have um the safe wrestling collective was kind of born out of the speaking out movement that happened over the summer um and, and you know emily may t just tell us a little bit about um kind of how that started and i know that angela has um you know, some personal experiences that, that she, when I told her that we were having you on, she was super excited because she grew up in the wrestling industry as a young lady. Mm -hmm. And um, I use that term loosely. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> um, you know, she grew up in the industry. And, and so a lot of the things that we had talked about last time you were on the show, mm -hmm. um, Angela has, has experienced some of that. So um, I know she's super excited to have you wanted to talk to you a little bit about this, but give us just a, a real brief, you know, um, we, we, the speaking out mo movement happens, you know, you're inspired to start this thing. What was your, your mission? What was your end goal for this thing? Yeah. So, I mean, when all of that happened, I was very upset, you know, and you know, every, everyone in the business has a story to tell. And mm -hmm. it was so many people reached out to us once we like threw it out there, like we kind of threw spaghetti to the wall and said, okay, is this even possible? 
And so many people, even now, says it's not possible to do any of this. And I don't care what they say, we're still going to do it. And there was so much, um, so many stories of people just reaching out to us saying, hey, this happened to me. Like, I want to prevent this from happening in the future. And they're, part of our goal is to be proactive and preventative. So if we have these systems in place mm-hmm. and we give smaller companies a guidance, guidance and resources to help prevent this stuff, then it's, then we believe it's most likely not going to happen. And then right. there's also accountability. Like we can't stop everything from happening, but we right. can hold people accountable. And, you know, and there was a lot of, a lot of hurt and a lot of anger and a lot of frustration, especially online. And there's a balance between using that anger and that frustration for good and using it to just have those feelings out there. And so I was feeling those feelings and was like, how can I change this into something that can help people? And so that was really my mission going forward. And you know, and I, my husband's been in the industry for 10 plus years. And so we've been in it together. So like in the trenches together and, you know, we've seen everything in, in all in in all ways across the industry. And so we're just trying to help others, um, either heal from this, from their, their horrible experiences or help companies be preventative and proactive. That's excellent. That's excellent. And again, I think it's something so important that needs to needs to be pushed in this industry because in the short amount of time that I've been intimately involved with the industry, um, I've seen and 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 unfortunately bear, been witness to some things that have made me uncomfortable, including the fact that you know we had to throw someone out of the the February show um, for ACPW because they were they were throwing out racist remarks and they were hooting and hollering at, at Ivy every time she, she came to the ring. Now, part of that was her character anyway. Kayfabe is kayfabe. You know, it kind of is what it is. But, um, but yeah. at, at some point, enough is enough, and yeah. the respect and has to be had. Yeah, and we've had lots of discussions and, like, roundtables and lots of calls about what is, like, the responsibility of a fan mm-hmm. and what's, like, the code of conduct for a fan. Mm-hmm. And right you know, we've drafted a bunch of stuff that like companies can use to just post at shows Mm -hmm. and say, Hey, this is what we believe that you should follow because, and it's not just in the wrestling industry. It's across the board in any type of live entertainment or sports. Like Mm -hmm. you're going to have fans that get rowdy and that's Mm -hmm. just part of the experience of it all. But also there's a line that like can get, you know, there's a dangerous line and you know, you don't want to make the performer, um, feel uncomfortable and you don't want to have them not want to do it again. And right. that's, that's like the heartbreaking thing that has come out of this is like people have quit the business because they're saying like, this is the worst business to be in. And that's not the case. Like there's really good people and there's really good shows mm-hmm. and we just have to support that and just make it better. And it's okay to fail. It's okay to like make mistakes and stuff, but like you have to move forward in a better way. Right. Agreed. 
right. Yeah. Angela, I want to throw it to you because I know you had, uh, you had some comments and some questions that you wanted to talk about yeah. with the Safe Wrestling Collective before we, uh, we move on to some of the other stuff. Because Emily May, May does like a million things in this business <laughs> and she's amazing. So we're going we're gonna to get to a little bit of everything. But I know, uh, Ivy, you have some stuff you want to talk about. So go ahead. Yeah. Um, so Ted was kind of like, this is actually the first that I've heard about it. So um, I was really excited um, just because when the whole speaking out thing came out, you know, like scrolling through social media and reading those stories, I'm like, oh my God, I can relate. Yeah. Um, you know, and a lot of it, and I, I know like with the whole speaking out thing, you've got people who are coming out with their stories, but then you still have people like me. I'm not one of those people that's just going to post things that happen to me all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I mean, I have experienced, you know, the cat calling and stuff like that. And most of the time I can overlook it because it's going to happen. It is what it is. But when I jumped into the business, I was like 13 or 14. So being 13, 14 and not built like a little kid, you're going to have grown men making comments. You're going to have people being very suggestive and, and whatnot. I mean, the February show was not the first time that somebody was thrown out of an event because of me. Um, so like with that, you know, it's, it was kind of crazy that it had been so long since I've been in an event and the same thing was still occurring. And I mean, I've seen fans told to leave. I've seen men in the locker room told to leave. Um, and it's like, it's kind of one of those things, it's like, it's just like a constant deja vu. Um, mm-hmm. I've been very blessed for the most part um, with having tons of guys, you know, in the industry, they're just have always been very, you know, protective of me, you know, brotherly, um, guys who they know not to even, you know, make any type of pass or, you know, remark or anything. But then you also have the ones who just don't seem to care. They don't seem to think that you have, you know, rules that they need to abide by. And, um, like one situation, which I hadn't told anybody about publicly was I actually was reading some of the stuff that came out on the speaking out movement. And the exact same thing that somebody else came out with about a, you know, specific performer actually happened to me. And it was, you know, the same suggestive remarks, the same, you know, social media banter. And I thought I was the only one. But then I find out this has happened, not just to me, but to somebody else. And I'm like, we need to stop that from happening. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what, what steps are being taken? So then hearing, you know, about all the work that you're doing has just really kind of like, I got super excited about it because that's what we need. We need, you know, to kind of make things like that. We need to make wrestling a safe place for not just, you know, the females, but for everybody overall. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Absolutely. Like we've had, well, I, we could talk offline about how you want to get involved because I think oh, sure. um, I would, love would ha- <laughs> you would be a great addition. Um, <laughs> I, you know, and I think that was like a lot of conversations we were having is about like the marginalized voices, the voices that aren't heard in the, in the writer's room, in the producer's room. And like the only way to get authentic and true stories is to have a diverse group of writers and have a diverse group in the production team. You know, if Mm -hmm. you're doing TV production, camera guys and, or, or, or ladies, or like having a whole having a whole crew that that can truly represent everyone, and that was a huge goal of ours as well. And we continue to work on that. Um, yeah, I was trying. I, I forgot about the what. <laughs> I forgot what I was going to say next. <laughs> That's okay. That's okay. So um, I want to I want to throw it over. Tyler, I'm gonna I'm gonna use you as cleanup. So you're you're gonna go last on the question round here. So I'm gonna I'm gonna shift yeah, over yeah, to Ref Amy. Yeah. 
Um, and, and Ref Amy, I want you to, uh, to chime in here. I know you had been looking into uh, some of the other projects that Emily May had been involved in. So go ahead, the floor is yours. Yeah, well, um, when I was just skimming over your resume and everything like that, um, one of the questions- oh, I, I, wait, did someone send me, send you my resume? <laughs> I was just doing some research, Googled you, got your social security number, you already got uh -oh. a bunch of ballots in the mail, it's fun. Oh man, where did, where did my bank account go? <laughs> <laughs> you might be getting a letter soon, I'm sorry. Uh-oh. But uh, um, one thing that called me is all the different uh, places you were working for. Um, one question that came to me is, now we're touching on like making it safe for women in the wrestling business and everything. What has been like the one thing that like, uh, like maybe a roadblock that you've hit in like working in the wrestling business? Like it was like men thinking like, Oh, this is a man's business or something like that. Like, did you ever meet those kind of guys and stuff? Cause I'm relatively new comparatively to everybody else. And yeah. I haven't seen it yet, but I'm sure at some point I'm going to re reach that at some point. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so I, you know, not only in the wrestling industry, but also I've, I've worked on a lot of sports heavy projects um, mm -hmm, yeah. with my, uh, my full time job. And uh, I have multiple full time jobs. But with that, like, I'm in a very male dominated industry. And yeah. so, you know, I've been in a room. And I, I've had conversations with a lot of people about this is that I've been in the room and I've looked around and I'm the only female in the room. Mm -hmm. And that's happened. I could dozens of times I could count. And so the uphill battle that I continue to work on, which I, which, which I feel like happens in every workplace is that mm -hmm. getting your voice heard and making sure that it's taken seriously because I'm a very creative person. I have a lot of creative input. You know, I'm a storyteller at heart. And so when I see something that might not work, I really don't, um, I don't think there's anything wrong with me going, going to the, the producers and saying, hey, like, I really think, maybe think of it this way, you know, maybe say it this way instead of that way, you know, and you have to, you have to speak up in that way. And so that's one thing. And it doesn't, it's not going to happen automatically, all, you know, um, right away. At first I was super shy and I was like, oh no, I got to like, just stand there and not really say anything because I'm still learning, learning the ropes. But then after a while I was like, oh man, in my head, there was, there's moments where literally I'm standing there. I give a note in my head that I think I'm saying out loud, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, it should be like this. And then literally someone says it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know if that happens to you guys, but and yeah. I was like, why am I not just saying it out loud? Because yep. that's how you get, that's how you move forward. And that's how you make things happen. Mm -hmm. So, um, yep. yeah, I just keep, keep doing that. And like, just be loud, just be loud, speak up, you know, even if it's a bad idea, at least you threw stuff out there, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Amy, you have anything else you want me to, you want me to keep moving? No, that's all I had. Okay, perfect. So uh, for those of you that don't know, Emily May is an Emmy-nominated producer, right? She is a, she, she's a, a pretty big deal out there in the, out there in the world. And, and in Hollywood, you, you know? In Hollywood, you know? <laughs> the, you mean there's somewhere outside of Hollywood in the world? I mean, what? No, it's all about Hollywood. Hollywood. 
um, you know, and, and one of your most recent projects has been that you've been uh, a production stage manager for Primetime Live, which has become, mm-hmm. you know, quite the little sensation over there. And, and you're doing some fun things. I know Tyler has some, uh, has some questions about that. And usually Tyler has a list, so you're going to have to bear with him for a minute. Um, right. most, of, most of them will be about how you can get Goldberg involved in the show, though, because that's <laughs> yeah. Nelly's favorite guy. Uh-oh, is this a speed round? Okay, speed round, Tyler. Let's go. No, no, we, we need more Goldberg. We, we do Roman Reigns. We're going to get it. No, exactly. What I was going to ask was, uh, who's the next breakout star you see working in prime time and seeing all that talent, mm. now the men and women that you think is going to be that next level superstar? Oh, man. Okay. Well, first of all, we have so many like cross promotion superstars right now at primetime live yeah. where you see them you know on cha- championship wrestling from hollywood and then all of a sudden you see them on primetime live and then you see them on AEW, and it's kind of mm. wild it's like it's you, i never know what's gonna happen you know week to week you know um but i oh man there's so many people i really like right now i mean i like all of them but the people i'm uh, the person i'm watching right now heather monroe is kind of phenomenal and she was on a, on AEW. She is like a staple of championship wrestling from Hollywood. She's she has such a great look and charisma and such just passion for the business. And I think she's gonna like 2021 is gonna be phenomenal for her. Um, I can mm-hmm. I can see that. I can see it uh, in the stars. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh I don't know, like Fred Rosser is probably the most fun person to work with and super kind. And he, I love watching his matches at Primetime Live and just the way they're crafted and the way that he like elevates the person that he's in the ring with. And he's just so humble. And I just, I can't speak like more highly of him. And I know he's kind of a star already, but I feel like, he is just um, even brighter, you know, than, you know. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, that, that's so cool, yeah. I'm, I'm going to interject one question here about your, your experience with Primetime Live. Yeah. Typically, I like to kind of butt out and let my co-host ask the questions, but... I thought um, it was Tyler's round. <laughs> it no, is no, Tyler's he, round. He, 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 Tyler's he can round. go ahead. No, he can go. Okay, um, okay. It's per- perks of the job, names on the door. Um, <laughs> so Breaking the rules, breaking the rules. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Mike Bennett is one of my favorite underrated wrestlers in the wrestling world right now. Um, He's obviously doing some great stuff with ring of honor right now. Mm -hmm. And he just had, and I think that uh, of this, of this new development of primetime live with the NWA crossover and, and everything that's happening, which I know Tyler wants to ask about. I think probably for me, the first real big match feel was Mike Bennett um, Mm -hmm. going for the 10 pounds of gold. And so I just wanted to know what the, what the feel was like backstage for that, for that taping, because I have to imagine that that taping, everybody walked away going, that was the one, you know, like we all in the show business. And and I say we in the show business because I've done theater my whole (laughs) life, you know, but, but we have, we all have that one rehearsal or that one show Mm -hmm. where we like, "Mm, that was the one we just, that, that was perfect. That was what we wanted, you know? Yeah. I mean, the thing with, I think you're totally right. That was one of those, that was one of the the nights where I could not stop smiling from ear to ear at the end of the show. I was just like, I couldn't sleep for like five hours afterwards <laughs> because I was like, that was incredible. And I feel like that, that made primetime live. I feel like solidify where we're like, yes, 
this is this is legit mm-hmm. we have the talent to showcase and it felt like you know when you're doing live television we did 12 weeks of television so far mm-hmm. um and you know the first few weeks you're trying to figure it all out like all of these are professionals we're working with like a true production stage uh production studio so all of these people know what they're know what they're doing and you know but having all those pieces come together like you know live theater it's it's somewhat similar um but you just stream and broadcast to you know a live audience uh, watching somewhere so that all those parts have to work in conjunction with the live element um and i would say i'm gonna throw it out there but like the other nwa match that was incredible was thunder rosa and serena deeb and that one, I don't know if Tyler, you were going to bring that up, but that one, I was literally crying backstage and like, I have chills right now. I just got chills <laughs> because uh, I'm going to cry again because I, you know, you get to know everyone when you're working with them and you're, you know, you care about them. And so to watch that happen live and like, I, I couldn't like look at the Twitter feed until after because I was like, it's too much. <laughs> um, but that was like, whew, that was uh, just a powerful moment. And I think it was one of my favorite matches so far on primetime. Well, excellent. Thank you so much for that. Tyler, I'm sorry to eat yeah. into your time. Man. I know I added more to your. <laughs> no, no, your. that was okay. awesome. No, great questions. I, I agree. I, and I love the emotion you had. That to me is what's missing in wrestling. I'm going to be the biggest suck up right now and say NWA is getting it right. Pronto. Because you're on here. I know everybody's like, oh, yeah, he's putting over. Cause, but it's true. That emotion, that was awesome. And I will say the other match I would put up there, not quite on that with Serena D, would probably be what I saw this week with Thunder Rosa and uh, Priscilla Kelly. Mm-hmm. That was phenomenal. When me mm-hmm. and Ted were just talking about that one, they were mm-hmm. going after it, hitting hard, telling that story. And it just makes you believe, and you guys have a great commentary team. Just, yes, I, I can't, they're amazing. I can't praise you guys enough. And, and interviewers, you guys are just so professional. I mean, it's got a sports feel, what people – or missing today where it's they kind of talk down to you no no offense to other commentary teams but you've got that real sports bill to what should be perceived as a sport even though we're getting entertained and that's mm-hmm. what i appreciate about the nwa uh, prime time yeah no doubt hey i'm all here for compliments no controversy i mean i'll you know i'll <laughs> yeah. take it i'll pass it off to the team <laughs> yeah sure sure absolutely so uh, I know that Primetime Live just announced that there that you guys are taking a little break. I'm assuming that's probably COVID related. Um, I didn't get to read, you know, a whole bunch of articles about it. Yeah, that. So talk, yeah. talk to us a little bit. So, you know, we were planning, you know, we obviously were planning to film the rest of December, but just with uh, everyone traveling for Thanksgiving and just with also the studios is a union house. So we have to really be careful about that as well and follow their rules and, you know, the you know leadership made the decision to just like be safe you know make the right decision and and come back in january even stronger so you know i think it's like the it's the best decision you know we can take a breather we can kind of re re-strategize 2021 and then you know still still entertain fans but i think it's better to do that i i would absolutely agree i as someone that has to go out and work in the work in the world every day um Mm -hmm. with with children who don't know how to wear masks yeah and like (laughs) everyone yeah and some people have kids and then and some people have other people at home some people have young babies like it's all we're all trying to be safe yeah Yeah. absolutely Mm -hmm. absolutely coming from a a perspective 
I mean, I like I've I've worked COVID since the start of it. So um, yep. to see people that don't take it seriously, yeah, um, it's it's really frustrating. I mean, I'm a nurse and I treated COVID positive patients at one point. So like, it's so frustrating, especially in my area. I'm in Chester County, PA, and like they totally shut us down. But a lot of people were just not. Mm-hmm abiding by anything and it's like if you can stay home just stay home do what we need to do because nobody wants to have their loved one die without them being there and feel like you know so many people just like totally bypass it so I really do commend you guys like you know for making that decision because I feel like a lot of places you know not just in the wrestling industry but overall like if Mm -hmm. you can make that decision and do what you need to do just do it yeah Yeah, I mean yeah I mean it's it's really you know it's important to do that and like because you like there's not a lot of there's some companies that aren't showing that they care about their employees and like you have to do that you have to do that um you know and like I commend you for the work you're doing like I that's really uh you're doing hard work you're doing hard work (laughs) and I like I'm lucky that I could like be home and be safe and stuff but like you're going on the front lines so it's been tough, but you know, I mean, that's, I'm a nurse. I signed up to care for people. That's what I do. Yeah. So um, I don't, I, I don't necessarily, you know, look at it like everyone, you know, they're like, Oh, you guys are like superheroes. Like I get it. But also, you know, we're tired. We're just as tired. So we would much, you know, the best way that I say anybody can thank a healthcare worker right now is just stay home. <laughs> you know, just, <laughs> because that yeah. is what us, you know, to get through the burnout from it. Um, but no, thank you. I mean, it's, it's definitely, it's been quite an experience working the front lines of it. So. Yeah. I mean, in the last, uh, in the last month, I've had two people that I know, um, pass away because of COVID and it's, you know, it's, thank you. Um, it's, this thing is crazy, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and I know more people that have had it recently than any time before. Um, and so one of the, one of the things that, I said, I'm a, I'm a union rep for my, uh, for the teachers union and, um, yep. And, uh, I'm, I'm the guy, well, I'm not afraid to say anything to anybody. (laughs) Um, you know, so when I, when I put my, when I put my head together with administration uh, a little bit about this and I said, you know, what's more important, uh, keeping the taxpayers happy or keeping the taxpayers alive there i was met with concern for our safety and for everyone's safety mm-hmm. but the belief that what we're doing is enough and um i have to admit that that the the precautions that are being taken on an everyday level um are very good you know no no one is really you know, we thought we were going to be walking in and kids were going to be taking off their masks and spitting at each other like like normally because I live in a in a pretty uh, low social economic school district. Um, well, at least halfway. <laughs> there's there's a definite divide, and um, and we thought we were going to run into a lot of the discipline issues that we run into normally. And uh, these kids have actually been really great about it, and and the staff has been really great about it. And so I thank goodness that that I work where I do because these people are doing great. And I know some teachers that are not in that position and I do feel supported by our administration, but I feel that the support is as long as we can keep our stakeholders happy. And I say that all as a lead into what's happening in professional wrestling, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Because that's ultimately what the show is about, not about Ted's woes as an educator. Um, (laughs) So, so when we look at professional wrestling, um, I always really valued, even though I was really disappointed by the fact that 
the NWA stopped primetime live, uh, or not primetime live, power. Uh, power. Yeah. yeah. Uh, at the beginning of the pandemic, because I was like, well, you're in a studio, you could just do it without an audience. The WWE's doing it, you know, AEW's doing it. Why can't they, you know? Um, I've come to appreciate that even more now because mm-hmm. they, they took that firm stance mm-hmm. of we're going to protect everybody involved. Yeah. And I think that that was super important. And um, I'm glad that now that, that the NWA has, you know, linked up with uh, the UWN and, you know, wrestling from Hollywood and, and, and you guys have, have all kind of formed this conglomerate to, to make things happen for, for each other so we can all keep enjoying um, but I have to praise the NWA for that decision and, and all the wrestling organizations that made that decision um, at the forefront of the pandemic, because some didn't, and it showed, <laughs> you know? Yeah. I mean, it's a tough, like as a producer, like not, a, not just um, in the wrestling industry, but just in general, like you have to make really tough decisions. And like, I feel like we're in an unprecedented time where we have to make decisions we've never had to make before. Yep. And, you know, it, it sucks. Like people are, are gonna like, like small businesses are like completely, you know, shutting doors and like, it's heartbreaking. And like, we're all dealing with so much economic stress and just so just like, you know, I could list it, you know, a million Mm -hmm. things, but I feel like we have the power to bring people together in a positive way through whatever wrestling show that we could do safely you know, mm-hmm. whatever type mm-hmm. of, you know, like even the networks have figured out how to still do, you know, reunion specials and do things like that um, yeah. to help like make people smile a little bit, mm-hmm. you know? And so that's, yeah, exactly. that's, yeah, that's why I felt really lucky to do primetime live. Cause I feel like it was a little glimmer of hope on Tuesdays that could make people kind of escape what they were dealing with. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, that's good. Tyler, do you, do you have anything else on your list? I know usually it's about a mile long. <laughs> well, yeah, it normally it, yeah. it's 100,000. Not really. It's probably seven. But the only other uh, question, excuse me, I'm in my throat and everything's bothering me for some reason. But it's uh, X-Pac. I saw on Twitter where you were able to do a podcast with him. How is he? Because he's just one of my fan favorites. I love X-Pac. I just had to ask you about that. Um, yeah, so I'm on his production team officially. So um, yeah, so we've been working the last few months on a bunch of new content. And we're like going to launch a a new digital series in the, you know, in the coming weeks and into the year. And so it's going to be all like never before, never before seen content that, you know, fans have never seen, you're going to have opportunities to interact with them. So get ready um, in ways that like, you know, that um, is only really possible now. Um, and yeah, I'm excited, uh, but he's doing really, really well. And, um, yeah, I had uh, eye surgery like a week ago. And so when we filmed that podcast, I had to wear an eye patch. So I was like a little pirate Emily. So, uh, that was fun. And I got a little, I got some, I got some messages like, Oh, eye patch girl. And I'm like, yeah, that's going to be me now. <laughs> perfect. Perfect. Yeah, well, listen, perfect, right? when, when you guys are ready to put that stuff out, we would love to help promote and, and push in whatever way we can. So if, you know, if, if you want to come back and, and do the push and if you want to bring Sean with you, I mean, I'll, I'll never argue. Oh, with that's what it's about. Like, that's what but, now I but see. The invitation, <laughs> but the invitation is formally for you really and truly because, and, and I, again, I, when I reached back out to you, I, I said, I, I think it's important to keep everything that you're doing out there because you're doing so much uh, in a positive light for the wrestling industry. Oh, and, you know, you. we can't thank you enough as, as an industry. You know, we, we 
we owe people like you a, a large debt of gratitude um, for all the work that you're doing. You make me all really cry and, and stuff. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you know. you're you you would never know that that I actually have these thoughts in my head the way I normally behave on this show. Just seeing, <laughs> I was like, I feel like a shoe's gonna drop. You're being too nice. No, no, I, I I actively try to be nice to guests. It's really only Ivy that I tease all the time. It's okay. And it's okay. Amy, but you know, of hate banter. Like you know, we go back and forth. But Ted and I, we we have a pretty pretty solid. Yeah. On the plus side, Angela's uh, social media has grown tremendously this week because I yeah. advertised that someone might get a free membership to her OnlyFans this week, you know? <laughs> Who knows? You know? Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, right. man. Um, no, but I was, I was going to say about um, our podcast. We're going to have oh. to go to bailing out Nelio at this point from the yeah. feds. So. Exactly. You know, it's, it's going to be what it's going to be. The money's going to have to go somewhere, you know? Of course. Sure. <laughs> Emily, what were you saying? Oh no, I was going to say Tyler that um I you so you probably saw but like our first episode back after like 9 months dropped on Tuesday. Wednesday. Yeah, I did, I did see that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So if you want to take a listen or a watch, you could see my eye patch. It's pretty cool. Oh, um, I will. Yeah, I'll have yeah. to check that out. And, so. <laughs> and we, we we will get a link for that in the description uh of the podcast on whatever your yeah, podcast server we broke is down, yeah we um, broke down uh uh war games and then we talked about stings um you know debut on AEW. excellent excellent stuff well that's oh, awesome because cool. we're going to be talking about some of that kind of stuff uh as we as we come back on our from our break so we're going to take a quick break here and uh when we come back we're going to talk about this week in wrestling a little bit and then we have our fan topic for the week talking all about the wednesday night wars and if they really measure up to the monday night wars so when we come back we will be talking all about that here on rewind wrestling radio for 17 years the dominant force in professional wrestling in south florida has been coastal championship wrestling join us Every Tuesday night, 7 p.m. Eastern, for the best weekly episodic professional wrestling in America. This week on a live wrestling episode 12, the CCW Women's Champion, Marina Tucker, defends against the Chilean international sensation, Roma. Don't you dare miss it. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back here on Rewind Wrestling Radio, here on the Rewind Wrestling Network. And we are here, the whole crew is here, minus Venetius, who is uh, currently being interrogated by the FBI for sending me a suspicious package during a pandemic. Uh, so he is, uh, he's in lockdown. You know, it is what it is. Turnabout's fair play, man. Turnabout's fair play. Uh, actually, no, what, what actually happened was he, he tried to get a hold of Goldberg after Goldberg made those comments about Roman Reigns um, because he's such a Goldberg fan that he wanted to see if he could get Goldberg on the show. And Goldberg filed uh, you know, some, some trespassing charges and it got a little nasty. Uh, well, when so, you show up to someone's house, then <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you I have mean, to be careful. Yeah. Got to be careful. Got to be careful. He after on Goldberg's door. I was like, you're next. <laughs> <laughs> all right so let's uh let's talk about the a little bit about the the week in wrestling i i was saying to you guys off air i, I want to stay away from the negative this week because there was a there was a handful of negative this week in the week of mm-hmm. wrestling uh that is mainstream wrestling anyway um let's uh let's jump into it a little bit let's talk nxt takeover first because that happened over the weekend and man uh, you know some a broken arm right is that is that what i read about uh about candace LeRae? She, uh, yeah. she she broke her arm on the spot uh, where she got the senton off the ladder. Is that accurate? Yeah. 
man oh man that was a hard senton too like that was a full-on landing and that like i mm-hmm. don't know sometimes i feel like these matches are just too much you know yeah. uh, there's not enough protection for the workers sometimes but uh especially the girls they were killing themselves in that yeah <laughs> shots hey, with that trash can <laughs> yeah <laughs> like that that spot was cool but really what like <laughs> like it, it felt like it felt like I was watching Jackass. It really did. Like it felt like, hi, I'm Shanti Blackheart, and this is Jackass. And she put the trash <laughs> on and launched herself. No, that know? was EO. That was EO. That was EO. Was EO. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. I'm sorry. Uh, it made well, such a great I, meme, though. <laughs> I mean, I loved Shotzi's new tank. She like took the time to rebuild it and then she came out and I was like, that is the tank. And I've always loved her tank. I've always wanted to like, you know, take it for a spin. Uh, But I love that little tableau they had with team Shotzi where they're like Mm -hmm. right before they get into the, the, um, oh God, the cage. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That they're like, let's take a quick little picture, team picture, you know? Yeah. Um, but yeah. what I'm surprised is, like, I'm surprised it wasn't, um, I'm surprised Io wasn't the team leader on that one. I mm-hmm. found that yeah. interesting. Mm-hmm. Because she was, like, she was so good in that match. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah, she always sure. is. Yeah, she and then, I, yeah, and I feel like uh, uh, Raquel Gonzalez was um, very surprising as well. Like, super oh, yeah. good. And she was a standout as well. That sure. um, that, sp- that finish was rough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, she, for for all things considered, right she's standing on two ropes on two different rings you know um and and there's a lot of different parts working yeah she she stabilized i think i think bully ray talked about this on um on busted open earlier this week um you know she's standing on two different rings she stabilizes for a one-arm powerbomb she checks the spot to make sure that she's not going to hurt her opponent and she came off looking strong and the spot looked fantastic that is what we're supposed to experience as wrestling fans, you know, mm-hmm. knowing that these people are in good hands with each other. And I was just like, wow, this woman is a star. And, and Tyler said it months and months ago, how, how impressed he was with her. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, like mm-hmm. she's, she's doing okay things. Like I'd, I'd be cool if she got a little push now, but now I'm like, damn, she's the next China. Yeah. But mm-hmm. she's improved. So she's improved so much in her, yeah her um just her journey so far and like the way that she's trained super hard and has like changed her nutrition and has done Mm -hmm. all this stuff to really stand out and like it's like something shifted in her mindset and like her um her outlook and was like this is what i need to do to make it to the next level and i feel Mm -hmm. like takeover was an an example of her showcasing that you know what i know exactly what flipped the switch for it was uh goldberg was backstage and he told her, you, you know, you just got to, you got to bang your head into a, into a locker and do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, yeah. just, just go do what you got to do, you know? Get the um, intensity going. Yeah, yeah for <laughs> sure. An- another match that I was really, really impressed with, even though it was super snug, was Ciampa and Thatcher. Mm-hmm. Man, that's not Snug does about- not even begin to pr- like describe that. That yeah. was a slug fest. <laughs> it, it was, it was a little snug. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It, it was it i listen i'm someone that is competitively competitively listen i'm still slurring my speech from my last concussion um <laughs> i'm someone that competitively fought my enti- almost my entire life i've been a martial artist since i was six years old you know um and as someone that legitimately hits people for fun <laughs> you know mm-hmm. um i'm watching that and going ooh, that 
That looks like it hurt. <laughs> like, I, I get kicked by people all the time, but that shot, ouch, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and, but you know, that's, that's part of why I like watching Timothy Thatcher matches, mm -hmm. right? Cause that's just Timothy Thatcher. Like every match he's in, he's super snug like that. And mm -hmm. I don't know. It's just something about that style makes me like, it, it makes me very, very um, thirsty. You know, it makes me, mm -hmm. it makes me want more of it. Every it legitimizes it. it yeah i think it does it's, it's the it same does. thing that like chris benoit name redacted whatever you want to call him did back in the day he legitimized pro, pro wrestling and yep. you, mm -hmm. when you watch his matches like you would just be like oh okay this guy's for real and so that's right. what they did in that match so yeah i, I loved sure. it for yeah sure. and he, but he came away with an injury too there was a lot of injuries yeah. in this takeover yeah there were yeah I, I think i've noticed that about the last couple of takeovers like these guys are going all out and they're just throwing themselves around and they're not protecting themselves as much. And, and this, this is the very reason why, and, and we had um, Ariel Levy uh, came on the show a couple months ago and um, uh, Emily May, I don't know if you, if you know Ariel. Ariel is a, um, a Chilean wrestler. He is, uh, he's probably one of the most famous people in Chile because he was a movie star first. And then he he broke into the wrestling business and he's in the United States right now um, working with CCW down in Florida a little bit and um, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, nudge. We might see him somewhere soon. Um, but uh, the, uh, you know, we had him on the show a couple, a couple of months ago and he said that um, when he was at his WWE tryout, he, oh, um, kitty. <laughs> um, usually, Angela, where's your cat? Your cat is usually here sticking his butt in our face. Like, what's I, <laughs> Oh, no, he's actually in bed with the kids right now. <laughs> got it, got it. Yep. Um, but Ariel said that, that um, it was really funny because Matt Bloom was like screaming for everybody. Everybody get over here. Mr. Regal has something he wants to talk to you about. And everybody comes and huddles around and Mr. Regal, you know, William Regal's like, okay, everybody. I want you to listen to every word I say. And he's like super soft spoken about everything. Um, but, but William Regal was talking to them and he said, you know, we've developed this style of wrestling, not because we think it's necessarily the best style of wrestling, because it's a style of wrestling that you can do 300 days a year with minimal mm -hmm. risk of injury. Mm -hmm. yeah. And, um, and that's something that as, as good as the matches are that we're seeing come out of NXT and what we've seen come out of NXT over these last couple of years, um, that's a style that has been kind of pulled back a little bit and they're getting a little mm -hmm. bit more of that indie style in there. Um, yeah. And the, you know, indie guys will tell you, any indie guys that are wrestling will tell you, they're like, listen, you know, when the crowd starts saying, you know, go, 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 you just go because your adrenaline takes over. Now imagine yeah. what that's like knowing that you're on national television, right? And you're working this indie style that has not, the WWE style hasn't been beaten into you as much as, you know, maybe some of the, the agents and the producers would like. So I can imagine that that's probably leading to a lot of these injuries because if, if you look at, you know, Fish, at Balor, at Thatcher, mm -hmm at you know at uh candace you know all these mm -hmm. things are happening and it's happening to some of the strongest names in the in the brand so yeah. um yeah yeah i think there's something to be said about that wwe style being the safest style out there you know yeah. um do i think it's the most entertaining style out there no but yeah. i think there's something to be said for it um I think the the only other real match that I, I would really like to talk about is is the men's war games match because I do want to keep 
keep things relatively timely here. Um, what were your thoughts on the men's war games match? Because I, I don't want to give my opinion on it because I want to hear what you guys have to say. Um, so why don't we start with our guest, a- a- Emily May? What, what did you think about the men's match here? Yeah, I mean, you know, I think every like every war games match is intense, and there's a lot mm-hmm. to 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 follow. And like, I'm going to be honest, I had trouble following everything that was going on, you know. And I feel like you have these these you know these these moments like you're you're waiting for everyone to get into the ring before it really starts and then there's a lot of chaos mm-hmm. um and i get mm-hmm. they're trying to like build to that uh that tension and stuff um but for me i didn't feel like it was i mean it had its it, its moments um i didn't feel like it was as strong as the opening war games match I, but that's I, just that's just me i would agree with you let's uh let's go to tyler tyler what did you think yeah, I have to agree. Uh, I, I think it was good. Uh, you know, Pat McAfee, I got to respect him, you know, coming yeah. off the cage. Yeah. The guy is really committed. I mean, And this is, is like his second, wasn't it? Me. It's like second match. Yeah, right? just second. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And I mean, he he's embracing it. I mean, it, it's fun. I, I love the spot where the Undisputed Era gets him along. It's like, yeah. you're, you're ours. Yeah. You know, that's great. But yeah. yeah, I'm with you. I think the women really set the uh, the precedent. It was hard to follow. But both matches are hard to keep up with. And the, my only thing about it, complaint just real quickly, is when's too many weapons enough? I mean, let's get a few, but sometimes you get too many, it's, it's too much gimmicky. You've got to yeah. kind of be careful because we, we still want storytelling in the ring. That's yeah, the exactly. only thing I took away. Yeah. yeah, I mean, both matches had a lot of weaponry. Yes. So, mm-hmm. you know, there was, a, there was kendo sticks and there was like the mallet and there was tables. Mm-hmm. And so it's like mm-hmm. how how much is too much? I think that's a question to ask, you know, I mean, for these, for these matches, you want it to feel really big. You, you know, you want it to feel, you know, bigger than life, but also you want to use it strategically. So it makes sense and that you're not using it just to use it, but like, there's a purpose to, you know, that it is followed, followed through with like a move, you know, that's going to make sense in the match. Right. Sure. Make it part of the story or don't make it in there, you know? And, um, and, and, Again, I'm going to fall back on, on what I was listening to. I listened to Busted Open um, mm-hmm. after the big events, particularly. Um, you know, there were weapons that weren't even used. Yeah. You know? They were just like, there. Yeah. Like, we threw them in the ring. We drew attention to them. And then they just sat in a corner for the rest mm-hmm. of the match. Like, why did we have them? There was no need And not for only that, it, you know? it, it can be dangerous. Like, as we saw with the women's match, like, weapons yeah. just lying around. That's how you get hurt. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. The, the fact yeah. that they would throw it in right. and not use it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, like when you have so many weapons involved, like it kind of like you ruin like the element of surprise. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like you have a match going on, and then oh god, you know Triple H pulls out a sledgehammer. You know, it's yeah. like you kind of have that element of surprise. But you have so much thrown in there. It's like, all right, who's gonna pick up a trash can? Who's gonna throw somebody through the table? Like you know, it just kind of right. loses that that spunk to it. I think. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, my favorite spot. I mean, this is going back to the the women's war games match, but the the trash can spot was my favorite because you weren't mm-hmm. sure where she went, and like mm-hmm. part of this is like you you lose people, right? You you wonder where people went because like obviously with camera angles, you're only going to see so many so many moments, and so it kind of creates that element of mystery because you're like, oh wait, this person's going to come back. I'm not sure how. I'm not sure when. Mm-hmm but it's there and it builds that suspense. And I think that was really um, effective to have, and the men's match had that as well, where you're like, okay, that one, that person's not quite around. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, 
All right, let's 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 talk. Let's shift gears. Um, last week we saw Sting show up on AEW. We saw um, Kenny Omega win the AEW Championship, and then he runs off with Don Callis, and Callis says, "Oh, he'll be on Impact Wrestling on Tuesday." Um, I want to congratulate Impact because the the deal certainly helped them. You know, mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. Uh, they were up by fifty five thousand viewers which is a big number for them. You know, when we talk about NXT only having 600,000 some viewers on uh, last night on Wednesday night and AEW having 900,000, they blew them out of the water nearing a million, Um, you know, NXT or impact rather uh, usually has somewhere in the neighborhood of of 18 to 20 um, on access TV because of how limited the channel is. And, um, And, you know, so they air on Twitch as well. And then they get another, you know, another 10 to 15 there. Um, But it's just, it's never a huge number for them. Um, Mm -hmm. And they, they were up by 55 K for this episode. So strictly because Kenny was, you know, was on the hook. Um, So I think, I I think that there's a lot to be said for that. And, and listen, the, in the history of the impact brand, even going back to when it was NWA TNA, there was always crossover in that brand. So I feel like this is nothing new for the brand. Um, And I think that if it's done right, it could, it could do a lot of things. What I'm hearing in my whispers from uh, some friends that, that are uh, connected to people that are connected to people. So it's, you know, kind of whisper down the lane is, um, is that this isn't necessarily a, a welcomed storyline by everybody backstage. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I wonder how that's going to play out for us as the fans, because I think um, if you don't build on this and, and, and give us a payoff for it, and it's just a one or two night thing, and then it's gone. I think it's a wasted opportunity and it lets your fans down. And I think that, that is exactly, and I, I've come back to saying this over and over again with regards to AEW, and it's not out of a lack of respect. I, I grew up as a WCW fan, um, but that smells very heavily of WCW to me, the big buildups and the, the shock moments that don't really pay off for the fans, um, yeah. which ultimately is kind of what led to people changing the channel um, you know, and going back to, to watch Monday Night Raw. So that's just kind of my thoughts about it. I was wondering if anyone, um, Tyler, I know you got to, you got to watch the, the interview with Omega and Callis and that you had some yeah. thoughts about that for sure. Um, I'd love to hear your thoughts about that. And then any, anyone that has thoughts about the show as a whole, please, please throw them in. Yeah. My thoughts are Don Callis is just, he's somebody that's underrated. I will say that because mm-hmm. this helps Kenny with his promos. Kenny's uncomfortable still. And, and I'm not one to talk because it'd be hard if you're not, comfortable in that environment, that element. So Don Callis, what I like about it, you do with this storyline, he's true. He's right. I didn't think about with going back to the run in, in New Japan, that AW, Tony Khan has to thank Don Callis because that Jericho match and all this that sparked the whole revolution with all elite wrestling was, in fact, he, he's right. It was a lot of what Callis was doing. I like that. He was commentating. He was, he was involved, and it's a shame he didn't get a click in WWF with the Truth Commission because Don Callis is underrated as far as his psychology, even as mm-hmm. a worker. There, there's a lot he brings yeah. to the table. And that's what, to me, I hope they don't bust the storyline. I'm with you because 
Callus with Omega is what he needs. It's not going to be like Heyman and Reigns, but it's a spokesperson for him. I think maybe Kenny don't need to talk. Just let Callus do it. That's mm-hmm. what I, I took away from it. Got it. Got it. Anyone else have some thoughts about uh, the show from Impact and, and Kenny and Callus? Um, I thought the, what was it, the paid commercial by, uh, uh, what was it, uh, Tony Khan and uh, Giovanni. Yes, Giovanni, that was very. Yeah. Yeah, that was a very interesting promo, and it kind of like it had these like undertones. I guess it was to sell like the fact that they were over there, but I th- I loved it. It was. It was very hilarious. new, new, new world order. It was it was very. Yeah. <laughs> so can I? Are you guys enjoying all of these like crossover moments? Because you were talking about how like you'll have like one or two you know, mm. episodes or one-offs mm. or something where someone comes over, but then there's not like a longevity, like a long-term strategy to it. Do you feel like that's like detrimental to these shows or do you feel like it's kind of elevating, like AEW is kind of getting everyone right now. So yeah. uh, I'm right. on the, like, with the whole crossover thing. I, personally, I would love like for a crossover to be successful. I think it, it, if done properly, it could be very good for the business you know, for all businesses that are involved. But at the same time, you know, like Ted kind of said, you get them in, you know, like one or two shows, whatever. And then that's it. Like you don't get that. You don't get the storytelling. You don't get the wrap up. You don't get the, you know, conclusion of everything. And it kind of pulls the fans away from it more because they don't have anything really to get invested in. So I'm like on the fence with it. I I feel like if it's executed properly, it could be a really good thing and it could really draw fans in. Like you were saying, you know, the views for impact, you know, increased so much this week, but at the same time, how long is that going to last? Are they going to continue to play into it? Or is it just going to be another thing that dies down and, you know, the fans kind of lose interest in it. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I mean, I'm curious to see what they do with it, but I guess we'll have to wait. I wanted more than an interview segment. I wanted like him actually in the ring. And I don't know, are they still taping ahead of time and then airing or are they doing it live? They are still taping ahead of time from everything mm. I've been told. Um, okay. but I, and I think, but I think this segment was filmed later and then popped in into yeah. the show. Yeah. Um, you know, something, something bothers me about this particular crossover, Emily, to, uh, to mm. get back to your question a little bit there. Um, this feels like it's forced, you know? Um, and I didn't necessarily feel that way about the NWA crossovers that we had been seeing over the course of the fall, um, Mm -hmm. where Thunder Rosa had come in and then, you know, we got Ricky Starks who had been a free agent, but he had been an NWA guy and, uh, and Eddie Kingston, again, who had become a free agent, but he had been an NWA guy. So we were seeing some of those faces and we were seeing some longevity from it. Um, and it didn't feel forced. And, and even though we know Thunder Rosa hasn't signed with AEW, right? We know that she is still under contract with the NWA, at least as of when we got an update from, uh, from NWA management and from Billy Corgan. Um, you know, we know that that is still true to to at least at least to this point unless anyone knows anything different than me um but i still feel like thunder rosa can pop up on aew and it's not odd right Mm -hmm. um i feel like best case scenario with this deal we get the good brothers show up and go up against the young bucks for uh you know a match or maybe it pays off at like a pay-per-view and then that's the end of it and that's really all we get out of this um I, i hope i'm wrong but 
if that's all we get, I don't feel like it was successful. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like really all it did was tease the fans and not give them a payoff. And ultimately, and I've said this before on the show, we are wrestling fans and we are, we want to be worked. Right. But we want to be worked with a payoff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, like there's only so long you can go without a payoff. Um, so to answer your question, I, I, I am enjoying the crossover aspects of it, um, particularly the stuff I was seeing from the NWA people. Um, but I don't know that, that I think that this is going to be highly successful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Any, anyone else have any other thoughts before we move on here? Because now we've got to go to the other show that's involved in this whole diatribe, and that's Dynamite from last night. And, um, you know, I, I really I, – I enjoyed – dynamite up until a certain segment last night and then i Mm. turned it off because i just i was done um so i want to hear what other people have to say and then i'll go on my little rant here let's start with uh temptress let's start with you tonight (laughs) um i actually did not catch dynamite this week but i can Mm. tell you that um i only recently started tuning in you know to dynamite and just kind of like catching what's going on and i i feel like they're doing a good job I'm still not as invested as I can get into like SmackDown and NXT, but Mm -hmm. I'm getting there. So (laughs) I want to give them a little bit of a Bravo (laughs) um, because they can pull my attention, but you know, I'm still not a hundred percent, you know, an AEW Dynamite fan. That's really hard squirrel, you know? (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's go to, uh, to ref Amy. Um, The highlight for me of this week was that opening match. Like, mm. you forget, like, all the weapons that AEW has in their tag division. And, like, Jack Evans and Angelico, um, they've been there since the beginning, since before mm. even AEW was a thing. And I think they just haven't had their chance to shine. But yesterday's match with the Young Bucks, oh, man. It, like, I was, I, it, it gets me – it's pretty hard to get me to jump out of my seat uh, off the couch. But mm-hmm. that match, it had me. I, I, they, I actually believe that they could have won against the Young Bucks. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was a highlight for me this week. And I have a question for you guys. How, what do you think of Abaddon? Mm-hmm. Uh, was that the segment? <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm on the fence there. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm not sure I'm buying it. Uh, yeah. I'm being honest, yeah. No, that wasn't the segment for me, but I because I, I no, went back. No, it and, wasn't. Yeah, I, I went back and did the highlights after I turned it off. But I wasn't gonna. I wasn't gonna take more time away from my kids to continue watching the show when it disappointed me. Let's go to. Uh, let's go to the the mouth of the south next. Let's go to Tyler. Well, I, to me, I, I'm just such a fan of Sting. I was intrigued with what was going to happen this week, and I don't know what to make about it. If he's going to be a mentor to Darby or if he's mm-hmm. actually him and Cody's going to, I mean, that was intriguing because Sting did the whole line. The only thing to know about Sting is nothing's for sure. Kind of paraphrasing that, but it's interesting. I, I'm, I'm still vested though. I'm just, I'm anxious to see what they can do. Cause as much as a fan as I am of the stinger man with that, that neck and everything, uh, he's going to have to be cautious. I don't know how much bumps he can take, you know, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm very interested. Yeah. What's what's really interesting about that to me is that when they posted his profile on the AEW website, managers on the AW, AEW website don't have a win-loss record on their profile. Sting does, and it's, it's all zeroed out right now. Oh, um, wow. I, I think that what we will probably end up getting from Sting, and, and this is just Bible according to Ted Cheney, right? Um, I, I think that ultimately what we will end up getting is we will get a tag match. It will be a six-man tag. Um, with with Sting 
in there with Cody and Darby against Team Taz. And, uh, and I think that that's ultimately what we'll see from it. But ult- I, I hope not because I don't want Sting to get hurt, <laughs> you know? I, I don't um, like what they did with uh, DDP, right? Right. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Exactly. Emily yeah. May, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, we, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm worried too. I feel like we all, we all are, right? Um, I think they're going to build up, um, they're going to build the storyline for a while, right? They're mm-hmm. going to, they got people watching now. They know mm-hmm. he stings there. They, you know, so they, they have the audience and, you know, I could see him in like a managerial mentorship role mm-hmm. for like, you know, for a tag team, for some new factions or for, for like some upcoming talent. Um, but I, I don't know if he is okay to go in the ring and do what he usually does. Yeah. Um, you obviously can't do that after a certain point. Right. So there's also the option of a cinematic match. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, he, he would actually be a really good uh, contender for a cinematic match. And I think AW has, you know, they, they have really great promos. They have great um, kind of uh, interview and interstitial content and great mm-hmm. like promo stuff online so i feel like he's like the perfect probably person to have that happen you know because mm-hmm. then they can take their time and like yeah. really methodically think it out and not that live matches are not thought out they are but mm-hmm. it's cinematic matches are done very differently you know mm-hmm. and um you could be a little bit more cautious and start right. and stop say the the segment that really turned me off last night was the inner circle um mm. uh, that that whole segment with the inner circle and i love chris jericho i love mjf uh, you know i i pretty much i'm a huge fan of the inner circle with the exception of jake hager um and and there's just you know jake hager has never been able to get over for me on a microphone um if you just left him being a silent beast that never spoke and you just let him destroy everything in front of him i would totally buy into him but i can't mm-hmm. buy into him on a microphone um and, and wardlow opening his mouth scares me too because he was so strong and silent and now he's starting to talk a little bit more and it worries me but overall the the segment itself it just it felt very campy and the inner circle has gone back and forth with this over the course of the last six to eight months. Right. They go from being like super serious badasses that are like, you know, that are doing awesome things in wrestling to being very campy and doing the, the bubbly bunch. And then they go back to doing some more impressive stuff. And they, Jericho has this awesome series with orange Cassidy. And then now they're doing all this stuff with, mjf and it's it feels very campy it feels very um underwhelming and and Mm -hmm. last night's segment with them in the ring uh it it literally made me turn off dynamite because i just because i don't want to watch chris jericho in that fashion you know if i wanted to watch chris jericho in that fashion bring him back and give him the list again in wwe because at least that was entertaining you know, like, and, and I really tried hard to not to stay away from being negative about wrestling these last couple of weeks. Um, but, but that segment just, it turned me off so bad that I had to turn off the TV. So, mm-hmm. all right. So I, I want to get into our fan topic. Um, and, and so this topic was provided by one of our Twitter followers. 
And uh, I'll make sure to give a to give a shout out for that in the intro today, uh, just because I don't have the username in front of me right at this moment. But the the question was, with the arrival of Sting, there's a revival of the feel of Wednesday nights being a war. How is this different from the Monday Night Wars? And should we really be comparing the Wednesday Night Wars to the Monday Night Wars? And uh, so I think I want to go to our honored guest first on this one. Uh, oh no! And, and, <laughs> well, listen, this, this isn't this isn't um, a specific thing. This is a you know this is a pretty broad question, so you can it answer it pretty much broad. any way, and you can get mm. it right. I mean, <laughs> I don't want your fans to be mad at me. You know, five yeah. of them will be okay. I promise. Yeah, the they'll, five they'll of them. Well, okay, they should all follow me then. If there's only five, they can you know. <laughs> Our, so that's one thing that we have done recently is we've incre- we've in- increased our social media big time lately, um, and so we are we're pushing stuff out there. So we will encourage obviously everyone to go follow you, but please, <laughs> but please go ahead. Uh, so I remember there was this whole when when AEW and NXT debuted like the same week, right? Or was with right? Was it the same week or within the the few two weeks of each other? I the think. two week yeah. two week gap. Two week gap, right? it all blends together after a while. So it was like a two week gap. Right. And I remember I was at after buzz TV and we were covering, I was on the NXT panel and I remember it was a huge deal when we're like, Oh my God, AW is happening. What? Like we only had a small wrestling crew. Right. So we're trying to figure out, okay, is someone going to cover AW? They eventually, we figured it out and, and some other people took that. But I remember we had these little battles while we're watching the str- we're watching the show. The NXT team is over there, the AW team's over there. And I remember it felt like literally like, oh man, we're we're literally battling for like the same audience here. Um, but I didn't like to think of it that way because we would we actually did crossover shows before they had crossover shows right now where we're like okay we're gonna bring panelists on that are the the hipsters of wrestling over here yeah there you go we're like setting you know trailblazers over here um we would bring the same panelists oh you know try to do both have one from each show kind of on each other because we felt like we were just happy to have this much wrestling and we were happy to have really good wrestling and we were happy to like forget about what was going like the craziness going on in our lives to just enjoy it and that's that's a take i try to instill is that we can be all like mad that you know that's why i hate the ratings thing when everyone's mm-hmm. like look at AEW's numbers and then look at nxt's numbers because it just bothers me because we should just be excited that we have the ability to do this and we're and we get to see like our favorite people from our childhood still working and still like entertaining us so i get that like people want to build up this whole you know war of you know war of wrestling and i think we should just embrace it and it is what it is yeah sure for sure And, and and i think that's the opinion that most civil and and rational wrestling fans but not everyone is yeah. civil <laughs> and not everyone is rational no, they're not. especially, especially have you been in, on you know, twitter in, in, in the hashtag yeah. wrestling yeah. community you know it's, it's I, I ignore twitter certain hashtags i ignore yeah yeah, yeah there's, listen i think we all do i think we all do uh let's go to uh to ref amy let's I, I know you have some some opinions about the wednesday nights and and it's one of the things that you pay attention to more in the in in the business so talk to us 
So yeah, I like to make fun of the people who take this war like so seriously. Like I have the meme, the NPC meme, like, oh, WWE sucks, AEW sucks. I hate the tribal BS. Like, let's be honest, everybody is recording one and watching the other and then watching it afterwards. Like, Yeah, and no then they're is- gonna talk about it the next day anyway. Like, exactly. All- yeah. I-, I have yet to meet a, like one person who hasn't seen both usually on yeah. like, or at least like see highlights. So, uh, like, I have a podcast now, so everybody can just go out and do. I'm, oh, that's what we're doing. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like I, I, I know people want to try to reignite that war, but I, I just don't think it's happening. And let, like, like I said, people are recording it. It would be nice to see like the the DVR numbers and stuff like that. They never release those. Um, and to go back to what we were talking about with NXT, like they're, they're killing themselves trying to be, to even it up with AEW right now. And I feel like when AEW slumps that one week, they try to kill each other that week as well. So it's like, I, I, I feel like people are getting too invested. And like Emily said, like, we should just be happy that in the middle of a pandemic, we are getting mm-hmm. awesome wrestling every Wednesday night for four yeah, hours. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and like what I, the, the way I see it is like, especially during a pandemic, like, and NXT and AEW have very different production values. Like when you really mm-hmm. look at it, they have a very different setup. And so you have to take that into account into account as well. So like, mm-hmm. I think I look at it not only from like an on-air personality perspective of like creative and like matches and what's happening and storylines, but also from a producing perspective as well. So I'm like looking at everything as like as, as well-rounded as possible so that I yeah. can, you know, really like analyze it so mm-hmm. yeah sure um let, let's go to the new math of the south tyler what do you think man? yeah I, I think it's silly to even call it a war none, none of them's been that competitive enough to even say that that's just the you know the narrative you all are talking about that's been thrown out there not that it's not good wrestling but i, I don't know that i'd say it's good wrestling every week because I, I get bored with it I'll be honest. I'm like you, Ted. I, I want to turn it off sometimes. It depends on the segment and match of what I'm interested in. But yeah, and it's it's not fair to compare it to Raw or Nitro because that's a different era, but it's definitely not that. So that's crazy anyways. I'm just adding some real quick. Uh, even when it started, I don't think it's a war. I think that was just something fans wanted to start. And I, you mm-hmm. know, I could be guilty with them. I, I just think that's wrong. We just need to enjoy it like y'all were saying. But I don't none of them's competitive, but they're both different. Like uh, Emily was saying, y'all made great points. I'm just adding that. I just don't buy into that. Tris, what you got? I agree. Like all around the table, pretty (laughs) much. Um, I mean, all around the zoom. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) All around the sane adults. But yeah, I mean, except with Nelio because he's in jail. So you're not allowed to agree with him doesn't count this week and you know if he would stop harassing Goldberg he could actually take time to be here with us but whatever um no but you know if you look back and you think of like the Monday Night Wars like I I don't get that feel at all from what's going on on Wednesdays now and I kind of feel like maybe you know those who are saying that they get that feel are just super nostalgic and you know wanting that Monday Night War content so badly you know in present wrestling that you know, they're just kind of like, they're trying to, you know, talk it up and hope that that's the result they're going to get. But I don't see it. I, I really don't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I have an interesting thought process for this. And, I, and from the very beginning, I've had, I've had a different thought process than most people. Um, my first thought process is, is and I'm going to go back to what, um, what Rafemi said earlier, 
Um, you know, we don't ever get the on-demand numbers and we don't ever get the NXT watched on WWE network numbers, right? Mm-hmm. Because anyone that's a serious wrestling fan is paying that nine ninety nine, even though there's commercials now. Stupid. Yeah. Anyway, um, the, uh, you know, we don't ever see those numbers, but I'm sure that if you look at those numbers, the numbers are pretty much even, if not higher for NXT, right? Now, I want you to take a step back and think for a second that Dynamite is really the Monday Night Raw of AEW, right? Mm-hmm. That's, their, that's the flagship show, right? And I'm not discrediting any of the work being done on NXT. I have often praised NXT. I've often said that I prefer NXT. So I want to put that out there. But if you look at NXT in the grand scheme of WWE's picture, they are the thunder of the WWE right now. And you're comparing Monday Night Raw to Thunder and expecting there to be a quote-unquote competition. And so all those people that are... Um, up in arms about the WWE product because they haven't enjoyed it in the last two years, three years. And then they got what they got, what they got with AEW. And they're saying, AEW is so much better than WWE. Just look at a Wednesday night show. Well, yeah, yeah, but Nitro was always better than Thunder was, (laughs) you know, it's like, it's crazy. And it's like, it's almost like, you know, uh, what's the, what's the online show for AEW? AEW Dark, right? Mm-hmm. AEW Dark is like, is like Sunday Night Heat. It's like, mm-hmm. it's like, it's, it's like main event is Velocity. It's, it, it's all the same stuff, guys. And, and we're just talking about it 20 years later. Um, it, it, I, I really, really strongly feel that there is no comparison because it's a different level of show. And I think that goes back to what Emily May was saying. You know, AEW's production value on Dynamite is significantly higher than what we see from NXT because it's their flagship show, mm-hmm. you know? What they did was they said, well, listen, our flagship shows in the WWE are going to get a bigger arena and we're going to do all this kind of stuff for the Thunderdome. And, oh, oh yeah, NXT, you can have like a mini Thunderdome in the spot that we were doing our shows in because we're done using that now. Yeah. You know, it's the sloppy seconds of wrestling. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. And they barely advertise for them. Yeah, it's it's crazy. So so it's you know, I, I think that that the level of commitment from the WWE to producing NXT needs to jump up if they want it to be a competition on Wednesday nights. Um, I think it could very easily be that, um, but at the end of the day, it just kind of is what it is. And and I think that people are blowing this thing up way too much, and that we all just need to be thankful for the fact that you know. 30% of the time we have, you know, two hours of great wrestling in a three hour wrestling show on Monday nights. And then, um, you know, we have, we have, you know, a Tuesday night that has shockwave and or primetime live and or MLW. Okay. Or and then you have impact. Isn't it impact? impact on yeah. Impact on yeah. Tuesdays too. I always think they're on Thursday, but they're on Tuesday. Um, and then on Wednesday you have NXT and dynamite mm-hmm. and then Thursday you get to rest for a day. And then on Friday so you have SmackDown, wrestling. right? And, and yeah. on the, there's something on Thursdays Friday, too. What's no, on Thursdays? There is something on Thursdays. Um, oh my gosh. I don't remember. I can't remember what it is, uh, but Fridays you can also watch, um, uh, new Japan as well. Yeah. And they have their yeah. new series as well on yeah. Fridays. And then there's also like pay-per-views on the weekends too, depending on, you know, like we had takeover on Sunday. So like right. literally you could have a week where you could watch 
multiple Rest. shows a day, every day of the week. Mm. Yep. Uh, oh, and Ring of Honor's on Mondays too. And Ring of Honor. Oh, yeah. gosh. You know, like it, it's, so it's crazy. It's crazy. There's, There's so much wrestling. Like stop complaining and just go watch whatever brand suits <laughs> your fancy. Yeah. Just sit down and watch shows. Just stop. Yeah. Just stop yeah. talking. But then we would all, you know, be out of a hobby too. So it kind of. Exactly. <laughs> um, that's, that's true. All right. So I, I want to start bringing this thing around here, folks. And uh, first, uh, the first and foremost, I need to thank Emily May for coming back on with us today. Emily May, it's always a pleasure having you on. Of and uh, we, we love you here. You're a friend of the show. You are welcome here anytime. Anytime you have something you want to talk about, you can, uh, you can come and you can always, you know, you never need permission to to jump on. Just give me just give me a, a shout, <laughs> folks. Make sure Sounds to uh, make sure to go follow Emily May on Twitter and on Instagram. You can find her at Emily May Heller. May is spelled M A E. Uh, and make sure that you also go follow her uh, Women's Wrestling Talk podcast. You can find that at WW Talk Pod. Right. Um, and then you've got the uh, After Buzz TV at After Buzz TV. And you've got the Primetime Live and at Fight Network, so and at Safe Wrestling Collective, which is at Safe Wrestling Co. So make sure you follow all of those handles. Make sure that you are keeping up with the things that, that are important in the wrestling industry, uh, like the things that are presented by the Safe Wrestling Collective. And um, you know, know that you guys have an ally here in this show that is slowly but surely growing. And um, you know, that we are we are very supportive of everything that you guys are doing over there. And thank you again so much for everything that you are doing for professional wrestling, because, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, it's people like you that keep me invested in the industry Mm -hmm. Um, because there are a lot of times when I want to walk and, and then I, and then I remember that there are still good people in this business and I, and I still want to be a part of it. So thank you so much for that. Thank Um, you. No, my, and, and it's, it's always our pleasure to have you. And uh, for, for, Tyler and for Ref Amy and for the Temptress and for Nelio all the way from Guantanamo Bay. I'd like to say <laughs> thank you so much for joining us here on Rewind Wrestling Radio. Goldberg will, will not be on the show next week despite Nelio's stalking. And uh, we will catch you next time here on Rewind Wrestling Radio on the Rewind Wrestling Network. <laughs>